Good afternoon, everybody. This is Bob Turner. I'm back with our next episode of Ordinary People Doing Extraordinary Things podcast. We're sitting down today with uh, a cool cat from Houston, Texas. His name's Dane Kirshner. I met him uh, I met him a couple weeks back at Rhode Island at a trade show. Uh, he's affiliated with the same contractor sales, uh, uh, excuse me, contractor fight coaching group where kind of both have similar interests. And uh, his wife, Lindsay, is very highly involved in it. And uh, so I've met a lot of great people in that group. Dane's one of them. And uh, so he said to me when we were at the, the trade show, hey, man, I love your podcast. I've listened to every one of them. And I haven't had anybody say that, <laughs> say that to me. So I'm like, we got to get this guy on. And then Lindsay was telling me that uh, he's a runner and would love to pick my brain and chat with me. So, um, you know, my my uh, my ideas started rolling and, and we were due to talk today before his marathon tomorrow. And I said, hey, let's let's jump on and do uh you know, a before and after. I didn't know if he'd go for it. Clearly he did. He's sitting right here. So here's a guy that's going to tell us about what he's done for training for his, uh, his marathon. And um, we're going to talk about that, talk about some things, mistakes I've made. Maybe I can help him out a little bit. Uh, we'll talk about what training he's done and, and whether he's had injuries, that kind of stuff. And then he's going to go run the race tomorrow. We'll hit pause on this. He'll go run the race tomorrow. And then Sunday or Monday, whatever, um, We'll get back together for a half an hour or so and just recap it and see what happened. And, and maybe somebody will take something from that. So I think this is going to be pretty cool. I'm looking forward to having a conversation with you. You're uh, you're my kind of guy. I can tell you're a hard driver, uh, goal setter, and you're out there doing cool stuff. So thanks for coming on. And I really appreciate you being here. Well, thanks, Bob, for all the kind words and for having me. I, I appreciate it. So sure. we're looking forward to it. And, uh, you know, I think it uh it'll be cool for this. You know, like you said, I am a runner, but definitely an amateur racer. So this is first time I'll be running twenty six point two, and uh, you know I could crash and burn. And then you know if I stick to the plan, though, it, it might uh might be worth you know saving somebody in the long run that listens one day. Right. Well, let's uh, before we get into all that, let's talk about uh, you know how old are you? What's your background? Uh, what do you do? What do you do for work? I know you're in the military. Tell us a little bit about that stuff. Okay. Um, like I said, I'm Stephen Dane Kirshner. Uh, dad and I share the same first name. So I grew up as going by Dane, my middle name. And uh, so a little bit, you know, friends and, and everybody calls me Dane. And then, uh, you know, professionally, everybody Stephen. So known by two names. <laughs> I grew up um, Dallas, Fort Worth, Metroplex. Uh, mom and dad moved to east of Dallas when I was young, like 10 years old. And I kind of grew up in the woods, uh, just, you know, like a a typical 90s kid we had video games but we were still outdoors a lot running playing the woods you know I was a pretty active kid and that's probably like uh you know we mountain biked everywhere uh for miles on end as a kid so you know I was already kind of dipping into like endurance sports even even as a young kid but um, um but you know just typical kid grew up high school did some college uh trying to become a firefighter that was pretty disheartening pretty competitive 9-11 happened joined the army held uh two different mos's one as a cavalry scout combat arms and then reclassed as a army bomb tech and explosive ordnance disposal technician so wow. uh, yeah it was a it was a blast yeah, so, so, so to speak well thanks for your service i've got a my american flag i have here in my office it does say u.s army on it i i actually I outbid some people for two of those and I got one for my dad and one, I wasn't in the service, but I liked it was a homemade by a, one of our plumber subcontractors. And I said, I got to have that for my office. So that is cool flag. Oh, thanks for, yeah. thanks for the support. So, yeah. 
but uh it's uh you know leading up to is in in high school and well in school and high school i never you know ran i was in cross-country track or or anything it was really leading up to becoming a wanting to become a firefighter and joining the army where you know i started to run to you know max pt test and uh wouldn't say in the army i fell in love with it uh you yeah. know it was more something you know we had to do and do something long enough you're eventually going to get good at it or quit and i just got good sure. at it so um but uh, between the running and then uh, also a whole whole lot of rucking when i was at combat arms uh, you do a lot with you know a ruck on your back and it's heavy it's slow movement but you know it, it takes a, a one foot in front of the other mindset to to move out you know, 12 to 14 15 miles with with weight on your back so that really built you know a mental fortitude to, you know, intestinal fortitude. Uh, there's, to, there's no dropping out of that race, right? <laughs> no, 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 there's nothing but to get through each minute in, in and of itself. Right, right. Uh, so that's with a group though, and you got a team and you got some camaraderie. So what you've transitioned to now is, you know, you're, you're running, uh, I think most of it's on your own, but, you know, now you're embarking into this, the, the race scene, so to speak, and you're going to tackle a marathon. And, and I can tell you from experience, it can be a, it can be a lonely day out there. Yeah, I could see that uh, for sure. Uh, and, you know, looking, looking at the race ahead and, you know, visualizing it, um, you know, there will be people, you know, I'm definitely used to running, you know, pretty much solo 90% of the time. Lindsay okay. and I do run together, but it's, yeah. uh, we have three kids and it's, you know, whenever we can find the time and squeeze it in, right. but, you know, it's nice when it happens, but, you know, most of the time it's, it's solo and it does get, kind of lonely but but that being said whenever i'm out training on a run and i see somebody else running you know i get that that drive that oh let me you know pick my pace up or yeah, oh, yeah. Get you thinking about them. so i know that'll be a pitfall for for tomorrow yeah so how has uh so i know you have a uh, a fence staining business uh yes. that's got to be fairly are you in the field is that fairly physical at times and how do you how do you deal with that and fitting your running in uh, well, it's not uh, too physically. I mean, as far as hitting like a 10,000 step count a day, you know, that's, that's a mute point. So, you know, yeah. we're, it's exterior wood staining, mostly fences, decks, you know, pergolas, but, uh, you know, walking somebody's fence line, yeah. it's quite, quite a few steps, uh, not real strenuous, but, um, it's, you know, it's an active job, stepping, reaching, walking. So it, uh, you know, it's keeps you mobile and, uh, you know, I don't stay sore as soon as I get out of the, the van after being sore from a workout, you know, I start walking, building up, you know, a little bit of a blood pressure and it, you know, works yeah. out the lactic acid. Probably helps with you, probably helps with your recovery. You know, you go a long run and then go, go work for the day and walking a fence line probably helps you come back a little bit quicker. Oh, it does. I, yeah, I doubt, you know, I feel a lot stiffer in the mornings and then after working, I've loosened up and, and I, I typically always put in a hard you know, hard workout later in the day. Uh, for me, I can wake up and do it just fine, but I actually, it's, I can work real well with having, you know, fuel in my body. So after breakfast, lunch, and a snack, I can, I can, I feel like I get a better workout. No kidding. You know, yep. For the day. So. I was going to ask when you do most of your runs, morning or night or midday or whatever. And I, when I was training a lot more, I tended to knock stuff out earlier in the day. And I always found that if I didn't do it by noon, the probability that I was going to get it in kind of took a nosedive. And then after work, and I had a fairly physical job at the time too, and after work, it, it could be tough, you know, take a hot shower, get something to eat, and then like, okay, I'm staring down the barrel of a 12 miler here. How am I going to get this done? <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. 
that's put uh puts it in perspective for you especially if you're when you're talking mileage like like 12. right but but for me i I like having it it's just you know if i wake up and do it it's great gets the day started great but then i I feel like i'm missing something like you know i just i like it that in the day gives me something to you know look forward forward to Mm -hmm. yeah so speaking of mileage uh so what what has your marathon training been like uh leading up to today uh like volume for miles per week and then um uh, frequency you know are you running every day did you run monday wednesday friday what, what did that all look like okay i would started because the what is this april 22nd so the you know, marathon is april 23rd tomorrow which is saturday but uh i originally started train up in november for a marathon that was supposed to be uh the end of february so two two months ago yeah i've had five almost six months of of long miles and, and marathon train up it's did you want to get canceled uh no didn't get canceled but i got sick with covid oh yeah middle of january and then about the same time i developed a, a real tight right it band so that okay. took uh, about a month to you know get get tight you know loose and back to where i was you know pre-covid pre-it band so how how is it now? You got a good set of wheels for tomorrow? I do. Um, uh, yeah, I, actually, I feel the last couple of weeks I've, I've tapered. I've taken it real easy. I've reduced yeah. milestones, nothing. And my, I don't think I have any pain, right? I don't have any pain right now that I know will become an issue at say miles six, seven or eight tomorrow. So I, I, I feel good about that. Okay. Well, guys, we're talking to a guy that, that can run a, you know, seven, 10, seven, 20, whatever, whatever mile, whether he does that for the marathon tomorrow or not remains to be seen. Your goal, uh, jumping ahead a little bit here, um, I think you said you'd kind of like to get her in around 3.30? That, yeah, goal 3.30 or less. Let's, if we're going to say it's a goal, yeah, 3.30, sub 3.30. Now, now, you sent me something that I, I, I wrote it down. You sent me in a text, and I, is that, what, here's what you sent me. One mile at 8.30 to 8.40, six miles at 8.10 to 8.20, 19.2 at 7.35 to 7.45. Is that the race plan? That is the race plan. What? How do you feel about it? Well, I sat, I sat here and looked at it before and I said, you know, that might flip on you if you think about it, because my experience has been everybody starts a little fast, right? Mm-hmm. So what this is saying is you're going to start a full 30 to 40 seconds slow mile one, right? Which is, in my estimation, a good plan, you know? Um, the six miles at eight ten to eight twenty, you're higher than goal pace, you know, slower than goal pace, I should say. But then you're counting on yourself to drop it down after running seven miles, turn the switch and run nineteen more at seven thirty five to seven forty five. Right plan, okay. So yeah, <laughs> and I was driving along today and say, you know what, what am I going to talk with Dane about, and what kind of wisdom am I going to impart on him and they, and this is just solely based on my marathon running, which consists of, well, it's been six of them in Ironman and two or two or three open ones. Uh, but I've, but I've run, I've run a couple of three forties in an Ironman. So I know a little bit about pacing. One of the things that I did when I stuck one in the Ironman ones is if I was going to go out and run an eight, try to run eight thirty pace, um, eight or eight thirty, I would run a full 30 seconds to a minute slower for the first four to five miles. 
And it really just, of course, I was coming off the bike too. So it's a little bit different um, than what you're doing. You're starting from the start line. So you're going to be fresher. Um, but it really allowed me to get my running legs under me, you know, and it's awfully easy to get caught up in the beginning of a race and say, okay, you look down and, and you're running, you know, 710 going, this feels great. I'm going to have a great day today. <laughs> so it's mile two. You're out there just going along. Life is great. And you're like, this is, this is going to be a piece of cake. I can feel it. <laughs> and then yeah. the running gods come and go, bam, you're, <laughs> what'll happen is you'll get a shot across the bow. I call it in your, your adductor or abductor or in your leg, you get a cramp and you're like, uh Oh, so we got to fix that. But I don't know. I, I kind of think that, you know, if you come out of the gate with, with two or three of those eight thirties, even, you know, eight thirties, eight forty, you know, uh, because you're a three thirty marathon is an eight minute pace, right? Right. Uh -huh. So here's a question to put it in perspective. So it's 26.2 miles in your heart of hearts. Do you think you're going to run 22 to 26 at an eight minute pace? You think you yeah. can do that? Yes, for sure. Uh, All right, good. So that's together. Thinking. Yeah, it's uh, at some way. Yes. <laughs> Those are going to be your toughest miles, my friend. So kind of the mentality I, I take toward a marathon is this. And I, I say it to the people when we're, if I've run with friends, let's go out and sneak in 13. Like it didn't even happen. Nobody even knows we're here yet. The running gods haven't seen us yet. We're just down here stealing 13, right? Just right. 13, right? Then the race starts. Okay. Then you go to work. You say where then you kind of take stock and say, Hey, is is today a good day? How am I feeling? Because it might not be, right? There's that total chance where you just wake up and feel like trash, right? Right. Yeah. Maybe you had a week or you didn't sleep great or you ate something you shouldn't. But if everything lines up right, you show up at the start line, you're having a great day, you get 13 in and you say, Okay, how bad did that hurt? How much did it take out of the tank? What do I have left? Can I dial it up? should I dial it back? So I think that one of the things that, that helped me and that I always seemed to be okay at was like constantly taking inventory during the race. It's yeah. that, cause that's your job, right? You, you're out there running, you got nothing else to do other than use the thing on the top of your shoulders, right? Here's your head, you know, so don't get caught up with, you know, I had one marathon, I got caught up. This girl was beside me and she was running great. And it was my first open marathon. I said to Mike, I go, man, I feel great. We were trying to run 830s and I was around 745, right? And he's like, this is going to hurt. You better slow down. And then mile 18, I was laying in the middle of the road in Alaska with cramps, you know, at a marathon, oh. all the people laughing at me. So, right. you know, so follow your plan, whatever, you, if this is your plan, follow it. It's marathon number one, because if you don't follow it, you won't know if it worked or not. Right. So, but my gut tells me that if you ran, if you adjusted that and ran, come out of the gate, nice and cool, just out for a Saturday stroll at 8.30, 8.40, sneak three or four miles under your belt at 30 to 40 seconds slower than your, than your goal pace, you, you can get that back very easily in miles, you know, five to 22. Because when you hit 22, they all talk about the wall. That's when the, that's when the gloves come off and you're going to fight your way in, right? Um, right. And, and really... Like, you know, it's going to hurt, right? So, oh, yeah. yeah. I don't imagine that anything past 18, this is going to be enjoyable. And I'm not going to be wishing to do it a, a second, but I know I will. The degree at which it hurts uh, 
your, will, will be your training, right? And it right. sounds like you did your work. So it hurts for everybody. So, um, you know, just trust your training. Uh, what did you do for like peak mi total mileage? Total mileage? Per week, you know, per week. Like what was your highest? 45 uh we had a couple weeks where i was at yeah 40 45 miles per week and that was what uh you know one week was a 20 miler and then a, a 22 miler and that was on the you know the cusp of coming back from covid and it band what pace did you do the 22 miler at it was eight uh average 803 pace okay so you've, you've gone out and you've gone out and proved it you can run you know that kind of distance at your goal pace um and I saw, you know, we talked a lot about your pacing when we were on the phone a couple of weeks back and, and you've got a lot of work at sub eight. Yes. Yeah. Well, the, the original plan was to run uh, the Cowtown marathon, which was the 27th of February yeah. sub three hour. Yeah. So training up, looking at plans and, yeah. you know, a lot of speed work. And uh, so. Kind of like it's, it's the old thing, like let's train here so we can come back and race here. And maybe, uh, it maybe it won't hurt as much, but we'll, we'll get there and still be great. But um, so, yeah, I don't know. I mean, that might flip on you. I, I hope it doesn't. Uh, but I, I, you're really talking about negative splitting a marathon. Mm -hmm. Right. Sure. And, and so you gotta, you gotta have your act together to do that. You got, you have to execute perfectly in order to do that. Um, so let's talk about that. What if something happens? Well, that's, I, I know there's a bunch of variables, you know, a whole bunch of shoulda, coulda, what is, and right. I can control, you know, the plan and my pace tomorrow. So that's a variable I'll take out by doing what I'm saying I'm going to do. And then second is, you know, a second, third, you know, drink and, and fuel. So I can, I can control those three. Uh, well, let's talk about nutrition and hydration for a minute. What's your, what have you done in training and what is your plan for the race? Uh, well, in training, as far I mean, I've I've used a uh, you know as far as I would just say like bulk fluids. I put an additive in my water, which is carbohydrates and sodium, and then every mile I'll just take a couple of sips, and then every four to five miles I'll suck down you know goo, energy gel. Yeah, so four to five miles. That's you know thirty to forty minutes. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, and those sat well with you. Sure do. Yeah. I think it's like a superpower. I can eat. I mean, yeah. I can physically eat and probably run, you know, eight thirty nine minute pace, uh, yeah. back to the army. Yeah. That's okay. why army guys have cargo pockets. You stuff yeah. full of Snickers and Twinkies and yeah. hose. And you're <laughs> so. they'll, they'll probably not be any Twinkies at the aid stations, but you can ask. Well, I will. <laughs> Sorry for myself at my late. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, so you know, there's nothing new on race day, right? Correct. Yeah. You know, grab that. Oh, that looks good. I'll try that. <laughs> yeah. Um, did they tell you what they're going to have at the aid stations? Uh-huh. Yeah. You know, it's a, it's a lot, I guess, probably like any race, oranges, yeah. bananas, uh, right. pickle juices, you know, yeah. tons of Gatorades and sport waters and drinks and water. In Iron Man, they would serve Coke late in the day. It would be either defizzed or just regular Coke. And it was Coke, I guess, is about the closest thing to straight sugar you can put in your body right right uh, so i had a couple times where i get the mile you know 17 18 and go to the coke but they say once you go to coke don't go back just keep doing it so i would take a coke and be going you know oof for the next minute or so but after that it was like all the way to the next aid station so uh, 
that got me through a couple of long runs. Um, so if you get in trouble or you're just feeling like, you know, usually if you get in a race and you're feeling like, uh, when I get home, I'm going to sell all my gear and get out of this sport. You, you usually, your nutrition's off because you know, that's not really what you think. Right. Right. Probably you've done it in the army too. Like, Oh man, when I get done this run, I'm, I'm out of here. I'm not doing this anymore. This is terrible. Blah, blah, blah. All that negative stuff creeps in. Right. So, you're right. um, so hydration, you work from the aid stations. You're not going to bring a big fuel belt or anything, right? Uh, I've got a handheld, 20 oh. ounces, and it'll yeah. hold the bells. Yeah. If I lose it along the way after it depletes, you know, it won't be, won't be a big deal. Yeah. You can always buy another one of those. Yeah. Um, how do you do with sodium? I mean, it's hot out there. It's going to be probably 75 for that race, isn't it? <laughs> probably, yeah. It's supposed to be a high of 81 tomorrow. The winds are going to be 20 to 30, possibly Ooh. higher gust. Yeah. So, um it's mostly, you know, north, south laid out. So it'll be tail of one way, head the other. Uh, uh, sodium, hit, hit and miss with sodium. Uh, if I stay, you know, topped off with uh, just fluids, I can handle the sodium. I, I just yeah. got a you know, same thing with, you know, the hydration and the fuel. If I stay on top of it, 16, 18, mile 20, I'll be okay. But if I, if I forget or choose not to, it'll, it's going to hurt later on. Yeah. Oh, I just lost my train of thought. I was going to ask you something. Uh, shoot. Uh, it's about the wind. Yeah, it was about the wind actually. So yeah, what I was going to say about the wind is just, we don't get, you know, if you're running into a steady headwind, just I, all I always say to myself is everybody's got to deal with it. Right. Yeah. It's windy for everybody. Um, so and that, that kind of brings me to the next thing is mindset. So what's your mindset going into tomorrow? I'm, I'm ready to get it over with. Like, uh, this has been a long, you know, cause I, I've, I've been focusing a whole lot on running, running distance, you know, yeah. I want to do, get back on running trails, doing some rucking, you know, and I don't want to be yeah. a hammered, you know, tied to a schedule where I got to get all these miles in. But that being said, I'm to the point where my, my legs, they know it's coming. Like they they feel antsy. They know, I mean, I've, I've, I've thought about it and prepared mentally so much. The legs know something's about to happen and it's happening quick. So, yep. Yep. So ready to get it over with. Yeah. Which um, also means I have to stick to the plan. Cause I, if right. not, I will come out of the gate seven 30 and be hurting. <laughs> There's a lot of 5k all-stars in the marathon game, right? <laughs> you see, you'll see them late just walking. This is seeing an Ironman where guys would go by me on the bike. Like I was tied to a stump. Right. And I, I just couldn't understand it. And I'd say, Oh, follow my plan. Follow my plan. About halfway through the run, I'd come up on them and they'd just be walking, talking about their great bike split, you know, so um, stay steady all day. Don't, you know, don't come out of the blocks like a hero, uh, uh -huh. okay. you know, uh, have those times where you're going to, you know, whether it's every five minutes or 10 minutes, just consciously think, where am I at? Go right top to bottom. How do my feet feel? How do my legs feel? What do they need? How's my IT band? Which side of the road am I running on? You know? That kind of stuff. Mix it up. Get away from people that are giving you negative energy. You get beside a get beside a big old mouth breather or a foot slapper or something like that. Get away from because that stuff would crawl in my head. You know, I, I just have to get away from it. But are you running with music? Well, uh, 50 50 of the time. As far as tomorrow, I'm not sure yet. Uh, you know, I'll be taking them. I, I might. It it'll just be one of those things. I think when I cross the cross the line if i hit play on them or not so yeah 
Yeah, uh, sometimes it can be good. It can and let you stay kind of in your zone and not get distracted with everything that's going on. Um, how big a race is it? How, how many people? Uh, not many. Uh, there's 78 running the full, and there's it's a uh, you know full a 50k and then a 50 miler. Uh, okay. But there's more people actually running the the two ultras than the uh, the Mar regular marathon. So. Yeah. That's funny, isn't it? You know, they're like, oh, you're just, just doing the marathon. <laughs> right. Yeah. Uh, I, I thought that was, <laughs> but yeah, that just goes to show you that whatever you're out there doing in life, somebody's always doing something a little bit crazier. And it, it, it's all perspective. I, I mean, yeah. looking at a, a goal of, you know, four hours or three and a half and then, you know, going sub three is not that much faster, but it's, it's just all, you know, perspective as far as timing and, how you look at the yeah the pace and the goal i heard a stat the other day and i might be wrong uh but i, I thought it said that only one percent of all uh, anybody people in the world have run a completed a marathon so so there 100%. you go you know so you're going to be a one percenter after tomorrow oh wow <laughs> i don't know and i see a whole lot of 26.2 stickers on the back of the car. <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> yeah yeah. So, I mean, I had a friend, uh, Sean Snow, he, I have a friend, Sean Snow, he's in Concord, New Hampshire, and he's done about 30 plus Ironmans. And he's, he's that guy that's just out running everything and doing something every weekend. He just did Boston with his daughter. And they're actually going to be on the podcast in a couple of weeks. We're going to break that down. But, uh, and so for the last few years, his daughter's, you know, she's 23, 24, 25, something like that now. And she's going to catch him, you know, and she's always run with him and she's getting ready to catch him. And, and I, well, I think just, uh, just Monday at the marathon, she beat him because he, not because, but what happened with him is he, uh, I don't know which mile it was at 10 or 12, maybe might have been 16. Um, his hamstring just snagged up on him. He just couldn't, couldn't run. And, uh, you know, a lot of people would just pull off to the side and say, well, I'll live to fight another day. He finished. I don't know how long it took him, but he finished <laughs> and, uh, and he's staring down the barrel of Ironman Utah in a few weeks. Oh, wow. so he's, now he's home trying to get his hamstring back in shape and get it straightened out so he can go do that so he said he's going he'll either be there watching or, or racing so um you know things happen uh, i always tell people respect the game you know um sometimes people and i know you won't if things aren't going your way they you know sometimes people quit don't quit i don't you know not like you that's been in the service you don't quit <laughs> you, you come in on one leg <laughs> yeah I'll, I'll put in, I'll make a 26.2 mile movement tomorrow. You know, the pace to be determined, but I'll, I'll make it 26.2. One, one way or the other, right? Yeah. Yeah. So, um, nothing different for dinner tonight. Nice and easy. Just don't go, you know, go out and do a big carbo load or anything like that. Keep it, keep it bland. Nothing crazy. Just get a good night's sleep. What time's the race? Uh, seven o'clock. Well, that's an early start. Yeah, that's good. Weather is supposed to be decent. Yeah, it, seven o'clock is great. You know, yeah. the, the wind won't pick up till you know nine, ten o'clock. So it'll yeah, you know, be close toward the later half when it gets windy. So that'll be in our favor. Well, just think cruise control for that first half. You know, the first half of it. Just like like I said, just kind of try to sneak that in. Um, like it, you know, like it didn't. Like nothing ever happened. You should feel. If, if it's your day and you're going to have a good day, you should feel still feel pretty darn good after 13. And it sounds like you've done your work. And, you know, 13, it's weird to say it, but at your level that you're at right now, 13 is really no big deal, right? Right. 
Yeah. Um, especially when you're out knocking down 20 and 22 mile training runs. So, um, what else? What do you, what's your biggest, uh, biggest concern tomorrow? Biggest fear. Biggest concern, biggest fear. It'll, it'll be everybody else on the, in front of me on at the race and keeping true to a pace. I'll, you know, I'll do a lot of head down running just so I can avoid locking onto somebody and, yeah. and picking up pace. Focus on your box. So picture this three foot by six foot box on the tar on the road. That's your place for the day. Stay in your box and don't worry about all the extraneous stuff going on. You can race those guys in a 5k, right? Right. Save them for a Sunday 5k today. Tomorrow is all about you executing what you've trained to do. All right. And that's really what you come from anyway, from the military, you know, mm. really just, this is just another mission, baby. Oh yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Right. Oh yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm handling it, you know, the, and you're right. The, uh, you know, the apprehension right now, cause it's coming up tomorrow. I already oh, last okay. night, you know, I, I got to sleep, but it took a little bit. Tonight will be the same. And, yeah. uh, you know, it's, it's a whole lot like before going on deployment. You know, they give you two weeks R&R and then it's, you know, it takes a week to travel. So you have a whole bunch of time that you're sitting waiting. And yeah. I'm real good at sitting and waiting in this, in this stuff. Yeah. yeah. Gun goes off tomorrow not to go out. Yes. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Look, gun go off. I almost like wait a couple seconds, let everybody take a couple steps. I used to do that. Like, yeah. you know, this wasn't a super strong swimmer. So an Ironman, I would kind of walk in the water and let people be swimming. Then I would roll in because I, that way I wasn't getting anxious or whatever with my wetsuit. But um, yeah, just keep a strong mindset. And, and, you know, I always tell people, people that I coach, like you deserve to be there, right? You did the work. So this is your day. Go do it. Uh, just execute. And I used to do a lot of visualization like today for you later today, find a quiet place, get your feet up, close your eyes and just literally visualize the entire day, right from when you wake up, what you're going to do, what you're going to eat, what time you're getting in the car, heading over, what it's going to look like when you get there, boom, starting line, how it's going to start. So like when it happens, you've already been there. You're just, you're just along for the ride. You're just living the dream for the day. The other thing that I do is I spend a lot of time um, with positive self-talk during the race. And I truly believe that when I'm on a race course, I'm the baddest MFR out there for the day, right? Nobody's tougher than me. They might be tougher than me, but they're not going to be tougher than me today. Now look at that guy. Like I can soften him way more than that guy. I'm tougher than that guy. You know, he went by me. I say, yeah, I'll see you in a while. <laughs> so on, I mean, like if you could write a book of the things that go through my head, I said this on another podcast or a video I did. If you could write a book of what gets said up here, <laughs> some of it you couldn't print, but it's all with a, with a, with a mind of getting to the finish line. And like, even at the end, like that, you know, you're, you're in that dark place between 24 and 26, say, right. And it hurts. Like, you know, your gate's gone. You're like, you know, you're whipping that right leg around or what something's going on. You got a bad wheel or, you know, like, listen, if I could just hang on to these two eight minute miles, I know I hit my goal. Right. Sometimes people's mindset can be, well, this is okay. You know, I'm, I'm okay. I'm, I'm hurting enough. Like this will be okay. If I do this, then I'll, I'll be happy with that result. 
But what I would say about that is pain is temporary and results are forever, right? But do you have just a little bit more where you can turn the dial in those last couple miles where you can come back here in a couple of days and tell us, yeah, you know what? I was hurting. I could have just strolled in. I would have hit my goal, but you know what? I said, screw it. There was a guy 20 feet up and I put a mark on his back and I got him, you know? My friends and I were doing a, a bike race up the Kangamangas Highway a few years ago. And uh, we were a three-man team and we were in good shape and we wanted to win it. And so I told, I had run a marathon the week before and I said, I'll go, but I don't know what I'm going to have for legs. So it's a 20 mile climb and uh, 10 miles in, I pulled out from the back and I pulled up beside Rick and I said, guess what? And he said, what? I said, I've got legs, let's go, right? So then I went off the front and these two guys I'm riding with are stronger than me. And we just had a heck of a ride going up the hill and everything. And we were switching off each one with pull and we get to the top and, and they were starting to kind of, they were getting tired. And so was I, but I pulled up beside both of them. I screamed at him. I said, let's go. We're not going to lose this by three seconds, right? Like, I don't want to leave three seconds on the table, right? We got done. We won the, the thing by two and a half minutes. Oh, wow. But my mentality, I knew we were doing well, but it was a time trial. So you didn't know where you were at. My mentality was that I don't want to leave anything on the table. I don't want to be riding back down this hill in the truck going, we lost by three seconds. We could have, did we have three seconds? Right. Uh -huh. no? So that's the mentality I want you to have tomorrow in the latter, say the latter third of the race, you know, it's going to hurt. It's going to hurt <laughs> you. Stairs on, on Sunday and Monday are not going to be your friend. Right. But you don't want to be sitting back here in a couple of days going, you know, in your heart of hearts, knowing I could have turned the screws on myself just a little bit more and had a hell of a result, you know? So that's what I would say. Go out and have yourself a day. You did the work. Oh yeah, no, no, yeah. Thanks for all the advice, and it, it definitely rings true. I don't, I, I don't think I've ever gave 100. You know, it was when I thought of giving 100. percent Five, ten, two hours, three days later, I've always looked back and thought, you know, I could have gone just that little bit more. So um, not everybody will like this comment, but one person, one athlete asked me, "How hard should I go in the, in the 5K?" And I said, "Well." I said, you know that, like, if you get to that point where you puke and they're like, yeah, I said, go just a little bit harder than that. <laughs> so they look at you like, this guy is not right. <laughs> well, you know what? On race day, I'm not. But that's what that's what makes it fun. That's what creates the memories. That's what puts, you know, you look at that metal you got on the wall and you go, yeah, I didn't win the race. But, you know, that represents one solid effort. And I'm proud of it. You know, um, I hope are your kids and Lindsay going to be there. Uh, yeah, well, Lindsay, uh, kids, we'll see. Lindsay, for sure, she'll be there. Yeah. You know, I don't know if she'll be at the start through the whole thing or she'll come up after, but we'll figure yeah. it out. You, know, you want to get done and you want to get done and, you know, uh, give them something to cheer for and know that you gave your best effort. Don't leave anything hanging. Is it Goggins, that David Goggins, that says when you think you push yourself to the limit, you're really only about 40% there? Yeah. <laughs> now, that, that man's crazy. Oh, yes. Uh -huh. <laughs> but yeah. uh, Big fan of David Goggins. Yeah. So, you know, just have some of that stuff. Like I've listened to a couple of his videos before a race or whatever, just, you know, start to, you know, in the next 12 hours, just, just bring you, you know, next eight or 10 hours, whatever, just start bringing your world down and start getting that laser focus on what's going to happen tomorrow. Work, life, whatever, boom, it'll be there when you get done right. and just knock it out. So um, I think a lot of people get done with their first marathon and say, well, I could have gone a little bit harder, you know, 
Um, and, I, and to them, I would say, yeah, okay, that's, that's okay for your first marathon. But I think with you, you've done enough physically, athletically, you know how to suffer. So go suffer. Yeah, will do. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you ready to go? Any, any other questions? Ah, Bob, probably, other questions. You're like, who, Lindsay? I don't know about that Turner guy. Why'd you have me call him? <laughs> oh, no, this has been great, Bob. This is, this is, this is awesome. I, I, can't, I really can't wait to get tomorrow out of the way and then be able to report back and uh, just be able to say, see, Bob, I, I can do what you said, you know, told yeah. me to do. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So it, for, for everybody that's, that's watching, so we're, this is uh, Friday, uh, April 22nd. Dane's got the marathon tomorrow, the 23rd. So if he's up for it Sunday, we'll, we'll get back on. If, if it not, it'll be Monday, but it'll be good for it. You'll be hearing this on Wednesday, the whatever day that is. So this will be our next week's podcast. And uh, I just thought it would be a cool thing to do where we can say, well, let's, let's talk about what you think you can do. Let's go see if you can do it. And then let's go break it down afterwards. So I appreciate your, humil your humility, vulnerability, and transparency and all those things that it takes to come on here and put yourself out there like that. After this was done, take it, put it out of your mind so that I don't want it to be pressure, you know, look right. at it as more support. You got, you got a bunch of people that see this podcast that that'll be, that won't see it until after the race. So it really doesn't matter. Right. Uh -huh. so, <laughs> but it's, it's going to be a neat story and I'm glad that uh, we're able to jump on and do it. Um, pretty psyched to be having uh, somebody from, from uh, all the way across the country on my podcast, which is kind of cool. And thank you for your support and watching and listening and, and all that stuff. Oh yeah. Well, thank, thanks for, thanks for having me on. Appreciate the, uh, the advice. And I'll, I guess I'll see you back here in a short 26.2 miles. <laughs> yeah. We'll be pulling for you. And, and uh, I'm going to, uh, hopefully you can check progress on the race and I'll, I'll keep my eye on you tomorrow. And, but for sure, text me after, um, or give me a buzz once you, once you get back vertical <laughs> and, uh, okay. Yeah. Tell me how it went. I'm going to hit pause on record here. We could chat for a second after, but um, this has been the Ordinary People Doing Extraordinary Things podcast. Thank you guys for listening. Uh, this is going to be a two-parter, so this will kind of be in the middle. I'll give all this stuff to Mitchell. He can, he can match it up and cut and paste and all that, but hopefully you're following us on YouTube. We're on Podbean. We're on Apple Podcasts. Um, and uh, as usual, this, is, this has been sponsored by Turner Builders, my uh, uh, renovation company. Uh, that's what I do in, in my real life, but this is what we're doing for fun and, and get out there and just showcase some people doing cool stuff. Dane, thanks a lot. I appreciate it. Hey, Bob, appreciate you. Thank you. everybody we're back um so uh i don't i guess i don't need to introduce this was just a pause on the action so the first part of the podcast was was on friday we sat down with dane kirshner uh he called his shot and said i'm gonna do a marathon tomorrow and uh, i thought it'd be a good idea to capture that so we did and uh we talked about that for a while you just heard that on the first part of the podcast now we're uh sunday morning at uh 9 30 in the morning so dane's uh getting close to one day removed from from finishing this race so uh here we are to talk about looks like he's in the contractor fight headquarters at his wife's desk so uh speaking of the wife um i guess Lindsay jumped in as well and uh she and dane actually did quite well in this race he, she said her goal is just to finish but so dane first of all congratulations 
Um, I'm glad it worked out. I got a spot on my screen there. I'm glad it worked out. Um, tell us a little bit about, about what happened. So, so that everybody knows, Dane did a 332.30 for a, a 803.4 pace, um, 810, something like that. So his goal was 330 uh, and damn near hit it in his first ever marathon. So, um, and I don't know if you fully appreciate yet how, how rare that is. So um, tell us a little bit about how it, how it went, how it started, and then we'll kind of walk through, like, I, I, I've got all your splits. So I kind okay. of like walk through, like, how it all went. And uh, so you thought you were going to go, uh, like, an 840 and then uh, and then run, like, 19 miles at 735 to 745, something like that, and then finish strong. And uh, we said maybe that would flip. But so how did it all work out? Uh, I mean, it, the, I ran the plan, um, yeah. mentally, I ran the plan. It just, uh, you physically, uh, didn't, didn't pan out that way, uh, but being the first, first time ever running 26.2 and now it's, you know, I've been to Oz, I've seen that old man behind the curtain, <laughs> and, uh, you know, I, I know a thing or two and, uh, but, uh, the whole takeaway though, like for like, even at mile one, like I noticed my heart rate was higher than, than normal and it was hotter than, than it's been lately. So that, that played, it was more of a factor looking back at it now than I thought. What was yesterday. the temperature? Uh, 80, I think it was aver averaged at 87 for the, for the whole. <laughs> yeah. I'd have been tipped over in the, in the ditch. <laughs> that kind yeah, of heat. Uh, yeah. And I, yeah, at one point, like I can see it too, like where the, just where the heart rate started to spike mile 16. And that's yeah. awesome when the heat started to rise. And I wouldn't say the wheels fell off 16 miles, 16, 17, 18, 19, 20, even though they weren't the, the, that 1740, 1750 race pace, uh, they were consistent. And, you know, I was trying to keep my heart rate below 160. I was trying to keep it like 155. What was interesting. I, uh, I was here at the house and uh, I was getting the updates with the, the Garmin uh, live tracker, which was, which was fantastic. So every mile I got a text. I'm like, oh, he's hanging in there. He's hanging in there. Good starts. Running smart. So I was over here just jumping all over the place, watching, waiting for that next update to come through. But I mean, just for the people that are listening and, and maybe even watching, I'm going to just go down through the 26 splits really quickly. So they, so you can kind of see. Um, so let me see. Uh, so yeah, I, the first one I got was when you were two miles in and you had averaged 824. Um, then your next split at mile three was that you, then you went 817, 808, 811, 807, 811. Now, then you ran like 12 miles at no slower than 803. So you went 721, 726, 736, 738, 735, 740, 740, 803, 8, 805, 757, 804, 820. You know, you really kind of hung on to it mm -hmm. quite well. And then oh, yeah. along, along came mile 22. Yes. <laughs> oh, yeah. The wall, as they say. Yeah. And I was doing something here at the house and I heard, Queen, I went, I went, ooh, <laughs> that, one, that one got my attention. I said, so now, and I was, um, you guys that are listening, were you getting my messages? I was, I got every single one. Yep. So I was texting like, come on, come on, you know, don't let up. This is where the race starts. And uh, I was all fired up. I got goosebumps just talking about it. I get this shit fires me up. And uh, you dropped a, what was it? A, an eight, 
Mile 22 was 846, and mile 23 was 849. Talk about those two miles and what that shift was and what happened there. Uh, well, mile one, it was 851, the yeah. slowest one of all. And okay. when that one ticked off, you know, it was just starting. I was getting my feel for it. Yeah. And uh, But when it when it ticked off, like two things, 851, I was trying to run 830, 840, first mile. And so I got, you know, I was I just didn't feel like I was paying attention enough. So I scolded yep. myself then and I said, <laughs> I'm not going to run. That's going to be my slowest mile. Yeah. I'm not going to run yeah. one slower. So that's what 21, 22, 23, I knew I was dehydrated. Uh, yeah. I needed, I just needed fluid. I, I was yep. good on, because every five miles I was taking a, um, you know, goo yeah. energy yeah. gel. So I was, yeah. you know, I was feeling good. I didn't have any cramps, no issues. It was just a, a hydration, just yep. straight fluid problem. So nutritionally, you were okay. Um, so where do you think you missed it hydration-wise? Did you not start early enough or skip some or? Training. I'm, I'm real good at drinking out of, uh, it's a, um, you know, a handheld collapsible bladder wrapped in neoprene and it's got a, a bite me valve. So as soon yeah. as you bite on it, you squeeze it and it's just easy cool. to drink from. And uh, I had 20 ounces, uh, I guess it would have been, uh, you know, I had carbs and sodium mixed into it. And I told myself, okay, I'm not going to start sipping on this until, you know, the halfway point. Okay. And what I should have done is just taken that, you know, at, at the halfway point, taking that all the way down and then stopped and filled my reservoir up. And looking back, that, looking back, you probably should have snuck that into you by the halfway point, right? If you, if you got the halfway point and you got one of those in you, as long as you can tolerate it and it's not sloshing around. Uh, if you're bleeding that to you through 13, then you're probably set up a little bit better for the second half of this race. Looking back, right? Yep, definitely looking back. Yeah, because I was going to, you know, slowly, because that's what I do during training is I'll take every mile, I'll take, you know, a, a sip or two of, yeah. of that, that, you know, just to replenish. And, uh, and, it, and it was too hot yesterday. I was just, I should have taken that one to the head, filled my <laughs> container up and, and, you know, would have slowed me down at the eight stations, but then at 21, 22, 23, you know, I was stopping and drinking a couple cups and then taking two and walking it and slowly drinking them. But everything before that, I had just, I'm not real good at crushing the cup and drinking it without making yeah. a mess. And I hadn't so, yeah, been training yeah, with it. Grab two to drink one. <laughs> right. Yeah, exactly. So that, that was, uh, you know, something I could have controlled and trained for and, and overlooked. So if I'm looking at a spot where if I didn't know you and I looked at your splits and I said, where did this guy struggle in this race? It would be mile 22, 23. Then you pulled it together. You, you did mile 24 and 820, mile 25 and 817. And then you dropped an 807, 26 mile. So that doesn't point to a guy that threw in the towel or settled for an 849, you know. Um, and I was texting you saying, go, oh, you know, turn the hand around backwards this time. Go, go, go. <laughs> I could tell it was, it, it, it really motivated me. I, was, I just knew like you were, you're right there the whole time. So yeah, this is, that's where the race really starts. And, uh, you know, like I said, let's, let's sneak in that, like nobody even knows we're here. We're just sneaking in a little 13.1 and then we're going to go for a run. Um, so what, so Tell me about Lindsay. When when did she decide she was going to jump in? Uh, probably about a week ago. We yep. were we had some scheduling issues, a little kid birthday parties, and yep. you know she was not going to be there for the start, but she's going to come later. And then uh, 
and I was just, you know, watch and support me. And uh, yeah. I said, well, you know, if you're going to, if we're going to get childcare and, you know, make all this work out, you might as well just be there and run it, you know, start with me. And, and she was like, yeah. So she's, uh, she's like probably got like 60% David Goggins in her. She, you know, she, she yeah. ran a, a half uh, back into February and she's ran a couple small, like 10, 11 mile long run since. Yeah. And then, uh, you know, she just, she just went for it. She, she did good too. She finished strong and made it look easy. So she did a, I think it was a 422. And she told me her goal was to finish. Right. Yeah. Finish this damn thing. Something like that. You ended up, was it sixth overall in this race? Sixth. Yeah. I, I took sixth place uh, at mile 25.2. <laughs> so that, it's almost top five. And, and uh, you know, what? Was there 57 or 77? How many people finished? Seven. I think it was. I don't even know. I think seventy-seven signed up and only fifty-seven finished. And Lindsay was fifth female. Is that right? Yep. Mm -hmm. <laughs> pretty, pretty damn impressive, you know. Yeah. And that oh, was yeah. her first marathon. Uh yeah, correct. Yeah. yeah. So you got, <laughs> you know, it's like <laughs> that moment where I go to show up for a marathon and I look over and my wife's toe in the line beside me and goes out and drops fifth place. <laughs> <laughs> You think out of respect, she would just been no faster than sixth, right? Yeah, I know, right? She never lets me have my moment. <laughs> <laughs> well, geez, this is great. Um, so getting back to the goal, um, if you if we're really gonna nitpick this and you said, geez, I think I can come in 330 or below, that was the goal. You you damn near hit it. All right. If I asked you, hey, if you were gonna go do it again, where would you get 230? 230 it would have started at mile probably 15 yep i would have uh probably the halfway point i should have drank the sodium carbohydrates i had and then then continue to fill my water source and drink it just to get fluids in yeah so. because you can be you're kind of out there like the juice is running on you right you're on the clock as they say mm -hmm. and you're making a mistake but still running well Right. right. Yeah. But then you arrive at 18, 19 to 2022. 20, and that that mistake from four or five miles, six, seven miles back rears its ugly head and it's too late to fix it. Right. It is. Yeah, and then it's too we're going to go on backwards and then we're just going to be we're just going to gut this thing out. So um, did you have any cramps or anything? Any discomfort, foot, feet issues, anything? No, no, not not. Yeah. I mean, my hips were pretty my my hip flexors were pretty tight. Uh, yeah. You know, I did have a, a little cramp pop up in right foot uh, forward of the um, heel. Yeah. But it, it didn't last, didn't last very long. But, you know, all little key ID features of being, you know, coming up on dehydration and, you know, a dehydration cramp. So, yeah. Well, uh, okay. The, the big question, would you do it again? What is it? The uh, <laughs> November 13th. It's a Sunday. Yes. That's uh, it's the Fort Worth marathon. All right. Already checked it out, put it on the calendar today. It's happening. So probably, I mean, you're going to get through the hot summer and all that, but it probably, the weather might not be a lot different than it was yesterday. Would you agree? Right. Yeah. Maybe it's kind of starting into that cooler season, but it's still by main standards, pretty damn hot. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Be the, yeah. be the same here, but I'll be coming off training in a, you know, pretty extreme heat. And then tape, you know, hopefully it'll be one of those mornings where it just lucks out at 60 degrees and then it's, yeah. you know, the door's off and I'm, I'm moving out. So that's five, six months from now, whatever. So 
what does the next few weeks look like for you? And then the next few months leading up to that? Uh, next few weeks, I'm, I'm going to actually chill. I'm going to I've, I've been, you know, it's been five, almost six months of this train up. So I'm going to take a break and then, um, probably start picking up about 20 miles a week, maybe 25. And then, yep. uh, but then around, uh, legs out, I, I feel like I'm imbalanced, right? Hip flexors real, yep. real tight, you know, not painful, but it's a lot of discomfort. And then, uh, left outer side quad feels a little tighter than the, the right. So I got some imbalances I'm going to work on a lot of one legged squats and resistance bands. And yep. so, so stairs are not going to be your friend in the next few days. So stay off the stairs. <laughs> I, know, I had to come upstairs to, yeah, I felt pretty good all morning, but this office is upstairs. So yeah, it was <laughs> like, I told you tomorrow going to be worse. Welcome to delayed onset muscle soreness, DOMS. <laughs> yeah. But today, not so bad. Tomorrow, <laughs> so things you can do, hydrate, foam roll, some light stretching, get out for a walk, you know, even today, you know, just move. Um, yeah. Don't just lay around. It'll just be worse tomorrow. Um, just light activity. Even all this week, like the next 10 days, just light stuff. You don't feel like, don't turn into neurotic runner guy where you're like, oh my God, I'm losing fitness. You know, it's been four days since I ran a marathon. I can't, you know, I got to get out there because you'll just end up getting hurt, you know? Oh, yeah. Uh -huh. Make sure you have no pain, that you feel good, that you're getting good sleep, you know, getting good rest. And uh, I don't know if there's any truth to it, but they used to say you, for every mile, you need a day of recovery. So if you're in 26 miles, that's close to a month of recovery. I don't know if I totally agree with that for somebody that's, you know, that's done a lot of endurance stuff. I think if you, if you really do a good job in the first week to 10 days of just letting your body just recover, just some light movement, you know, um, they call it, um, active recovery. Right. Don't be looking leave the watch home. Leave, you know, if you do go for a run in five, six days, make it light, make it short. Don't worry about the, leave the watch at home and, and don't, don't even worry about it. You know, it's just recovery doesn't count, you know, it's awful easy to get caught up in that. Mm -hmm. No, no, yeah. Agree completely. I can, I can just feel it too. Not not saying I'm demolished, but well, I need. frankly, you should be. If you didn't, you didn't go hard enough. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> if you're not, <laughs> well, I did. Uh, when I when I crossed the finish line, you know, I put the, the medal over, and they gave the, the little award packet or placard to me, and uh, you know, I couldn't hear anything. I was my ears were just pounding, yeah. and uh, but that's when all the cramps hit my feet and just rose up. And I, I just, because the, the people that ran the 50K and the 50 miler had to go past the finish start line and turn around. So it wasn't uncommon to see people still running, but yeah, she did all that. I started walking and then I just, my legs started running again. Cause it, yeah, it, I mean, I yeah, wasn't, you've been doing for three and a half hours. So yeah. yeah. And so I picked up a little speed and then slowly started walking again. I thought, okay, I'm out of the woods. And then it just, the pain after was, uh, <laughs> it comes in waves. Yes, yes, yeah, but yeah, it did just slowly. But um, I mean, after I got hydrated after the race, you know, the pain stopped, and you know, I took Advil, and you know, it took care of, uh, you know, it was just discomfort at that point, not pain, but it was, it was a lot more, it was a lot painful, more painful than I thought it was going to be. Let's just say that. Yeah. So, and remember that I think we I talked to you offline maybe after we talked on Friday that you know. I relate a lot of stuff to Ironman. That's what most of my experience has been. But one of the things that I always remembered, it's not a game of who goes the fastest. It's a game of who slows down the least. 
Mm-hmm. And I think you did a really good job of not slowing down, you know, because it's like, um, like if you've ever done intervals and you throw a really good first setup there, you're like, oh, now I got to back that up, right? Because we can't go backwards. You can't do it, you know, you can't go slower or go do less reps or whatever. So um, I think that once you, you know, like when you started into the sub eights, I think, I think you did a hell of a job hanging on to that and just doing the heavy lifting and, and knocking down your pace. You were super consistent. Um, those of you guys that listen to this, this race course was fairly flat, I think, but yeah, it but, was, yes. But it was three out and backs, right? Yeah. Out, uh-huh. out, out and then almost all the way out and back or something like that. Um, how, I don't know how they did it, but, um, so roughly eight ish miles total each loop. Um, so, you know, you had a chance to kind of see, see the course and kind of lay out, like, we're going to sneak this first loop in second loop is, you know, it's just weather the storm third loop time to race, you know? Right. And, and that's like, when we talked about it offline, that's, that's exactly how I thought about the race and each out and back was the, you know, yeah. I could hear our plan and thinking, okay, here we go. And then yeah, what really sucked at 21, 22, 23, cause I knew, you know, I'm on that last leg and you know, I, I've got the mental intestinal fortitude to keep oh, yeah. going. my legs were, weren't there, but um, what was nice too about the out and back is that was good. You know, I first looped through, I knew the course, put it all in memory and then I could, I was real good at picking up, you know, how far, you know, marathoners were in front of me. Right. And that's also what really helped 20. Yeah. A lot of people but, around, right. A lot of people just on the course, uh-huh. know, some doing, some doing 50 K. And... Yeah. Yeah. You know, so that, that was weird having you yeah. know, people out in front of you too, but, but having no one, I had a marathoner in front of me that mm-hmm. was in striking distance really helped 24, 25, 26. Not only was it me, you know, racing against myself, but Hey, I yeah. got a position I can take here. You know, something's out well, there. And at the turn, you get a look at how far that somebody's behind yeah. you as well. Right. Or that too. Versa. so I liked that. I, I like that in uh, Lake Placid there. And if you go, my mentality was, so you go out of town then back to town, then there's a little loop and out of town, back to town, little loop finish. Mm-hmm. And so my mentality was like, all right, let's just get out of town. All I was really doing is, running the six miles out of town that was that was what was on my plate right then once i made the turn my mentality went let's get back to town going back to town you know and then out of town okay let's go finish so i took it in bite-sized chunks it's that whole thing how to eat an elephant one piece at a time right and it sounds like you were fairly successful with doing that yesterday so your your mindset was good did you ever have a time during the race where you're like i'm the I'm out after this. I'm never running again. I don't like this anymore. You know, da 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 da. Were you pretty uh, strong mindset wise? No, twenty. You know, twenty twenty one, and I, I could just feel the heat rolling off of me, and the sun oh. starting to peek out. Um, but I kept telling myself then, uh, you know, because when I would get to the the turnarounds, you know, I could see the different people and thinking you know, I knew I was gaining. Everybody was sucking, and that kind of makes me feel better. Like, yeah. But uh, but I, I kept telling myself, you know, I'm just bonking get fluids in me. I'm going to come back around. I'm going to come back around. And anytime I started feeling sorry for myself, I'd flip it around and think, you know, you're going to come back. You're going to come back and watch 24, 25, 26, you know, I was able to rebound. Not, I didn't get back to 740, but I was, you know, coming yeah. back down and, and feeling good. So that's, uh, you know, that's how I spun it. Yeah. <laughs> that's uh, the internal dialogue, right? You'd like to be able to, to write a book and, and have the each mile be a chapter, right? So what you're thinking about. And, but um, 
Yeah, I mean, dude, for a first marathon, <laughs> it's not like you're off the couch either. And, and it's not like you didn't have some experience with your rucking and time in the military. So you know what a hard effort is. So um, people that are listening to this, this isn't a guy that, you know, um, hasn't been in tough situations before in real life. Um, and then also in just general fitness and, you know, um, rocking and hiking and, you know, so 12 miles to you, uh, you probably thinking, well, this is kind of nice without a full pack and combat boots, you know, yeah. <laughs> right. It was, yeah. It's nice not having it on your shoulders. And like, I was <laughs> expecting my feet to be real tore up today. No yeah. feet pain, no blisters. I mean, okay. it, my feet feel phenomenal. So I got the right shoes and you know, I did, I was not, I didn't have a pack and I was, wasn't rucking yesterday. So that yeah. was uh, it's nice. How's Lindsay feeling? She's good up this morning, you know, moving around a little tight, a little sore, but she's probably better off than me. And I've been training for it. You know, I've, I've been running the distance. So. What a show off. I know. I know she is. Yeah. Well, that's good. She's tough as nails too. So that's good. Well, anything else you want to share? Anything you'd like to, to say to anybody that's thinking about their first marathon or endurance event? Just, just stay humble. Go with, go with the experience. You know, it's going to, it's going to have its ups and its downs, highs and lows, but, uh, you know, they're, they're, they're equally as fun to, to push through and get through. So respect the game, right? Right. And one inspiration, uh, you know, something to leave off here with was the, the average age and the, the people that were, um, you know, not only doing the marathon, but the 50 K and the 50 miler that were above 60 years old. Um, in some wily, early, yeah. Wily old veterans out there. That it's oh, been yes, yeah. for a while yeah mm -hmm. yeah and uh, yeah it's not uh, I, I would like to see the average marathoner's age across the country i bet it's not a young person's game usually right you no know? it's not Lindsay yeah. googled it and it's 41 believe it or is not it? yep it is mm -hmm. no kidding yeah that's interesting i i guess maybe you kind of just gravitate to it or you find a pull you know something pulls you toward that direction or you do some 5ks a 10k a half and same thing with Iron Man. You do a sprint. You're like, oh, maybe I'll try an Olympic. And then you do an Olympic, and somebody says, "Let's well, sign up for a half." And I'm like, I'll never do a half. And then you do a half, and you say, "I'm never doing a full." <laughs> I did that. I came across the line to half. I'm like, never. I don't know how. How would I actually do that twice today? You know, like just unfathomable. Yeah. And then you then you get home and you start getting on the computer and you start thinking and you're like, well. All right. <laughs> the easy part, easiest part about a marathon or an Ironman is signing up, right? Oh, yeah, you're right. Uh -huh. <laughs> That's easy. So, well, Dane, thanks. Um, this has been cool. Thanks for being willing to do it. Um, I've enjoyed talking to you about your running the past few weeks, and it's kind of um, almost reignited a little coaching spark in me and being able to help you. Uh, and, and help you kind of avoid some of the pitfalls I've made and seen other people make over the years. So thanks for that opportunity. And uh, congratulations on your race. Um, just super impressive to see you do that. Uh, go out there and, and, and have the courage and vulnerability to throw your goal up on the wall for everybody to hear to see, even though they're not seeing the whole thing until after. <laughs> That's how I kind of convinced you. I'm like, hey, nobody's going to see this until after the race. So. <laughs> <laughs> We can always edit. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> but, but yeah, thanks. And for you guys that are listening, um, 
Thanks for tuning in. This was kind of a cool one. We've done a lot of health and fitness stuff. It's just been, I guess, maybe my sphere of influence and people that are around me. Um, we're we're going to try to mix up, mix it up, get some variety. This has been part of that, um, getting out and seeing seeing what Dane's doing. And, and so that you know, I met Dane. I'm involved with a, with a group called the Contractor Fight. You see uh, the, the banner behind Dane. Uh, Dane's wife, Lindsay, uh, is a program manager um, and part of the admin staff, just a general badass in this group and i joined the contractor fight last uh i don't know last august went out to an event in denver um and in just working with them with business coaching and they really focus on helping contractors get a hold of their business and getting their arms around things whether it's your profit margin your overhead uh, hiring firing uh, sales uh, sales training um, so it helps you level up your business and Tom Reaver and his team are just fantastic. Uh, I just feel like I finally found my tribe. Um, and we'll put something in the show notes on this too. So, um, they're, uh, they're taking, uh, new members into what they call the battleground group right now. So a private Facebook group where we all hang out and, uh, talk about everybody commiserates and, and deals with, you know, everybody's got similar, similar issues. And there's always somebody there to help you through something with your business. So if you're a if you're somebody that I know, and you know, I've got some contractor friends that watch this. If you guys haven't checked out the contractor fight, do it now. Don't waste any more time. DM me, ask me about it. I'll point you in the right direction. Um, and and Dane, Dane, you guys became part of the contractor fight a while back, and Lindsay ends up working for the contractor fight. So you guys have this uh, fence staining business, right? Correct. Yeah, exterior wood restoration. Uh -huh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the, and the what we call the fight uh, is kind of helped you guys level up your business oh it did yeah we, we started uh working with tom and and the other coaches with uh, tcf back in 2017 and yeah. uh, he was a handyman general you know maintenance repair yeah at the time. and you know through the program we niched down into what we liked and what was making money and what we enjoyed doing which was exterior wood so here yeah here we are yeah and it's uh, everybody i talked to that's been in the group for a while so it's it's life-changing and i and i can tell you that my experience so far being a you know really you're a sole proprietor if you will but i don't have a big team of people behind me trying to make this thing go down the road and it's nice to be able to talk with somebody about systems and processes and you know nobody really ever teaches you how to run a business you can go to go to you know get an mba and and you know a master's degree or whatever and you know doesn't teach you how to hire fire you know um you know dissect a PL, a balance sheet all that stuff you need to do to be able to drive a business like this so it's been great for me um and uh it's kind of forced me to do some videos for my business and that's kind of how this podcast started so it's i i liken everything that's going on with me lately back to the contractor fight so it's been awesome. People have heard me pound that drum for a bit, but if you guys are contractors, anybody that's looking at this or know somebody that's a contractor that's struggling with their business, check it out. I'll put the link down below or I'll have Mitchell put it on the screen here somehow. I don't know how to do all that stuff, but, um, and then our, my business is called Turner Builders. So I'm kind of a, uh, sponsor by default here because this is where I'm spending a little bit of time. So, um, I met Dane in Rhode Island a little while back. So, um, when I started the podcast, I'm like, I don't know where this is going to take me, but I'm going to meet a lot of good people and some things are going to happen. And, and this has been one of them. So anyway, Dane, thank you. Tell Lindsay, thanks. I really appreciate it. Um, okay, you, guys are, you guys are a couple of badasses out there in Mansfield, Texas. And uh, they say everything's bigger in Texas. And I, I think that includes you guys too. So 
Oh, well, thanks. And thanks for, thanks for the, let me be on the podcast and, and coaching and being in the corner. It's, it was a big, big help, big motivation, Bob. Yeah. Well, let's stay in touch. I'm interested to hear how things go over the next few months. And then uh, definitely we'll, we'll connect in November and, and see where we can get two and a half minutes. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, for sure. Well, we're going to need 32 and 30 seconds, 30 minutes, 30 minutes and 30 seconds. We'll get, we'll get a couple minute buffer there. So we got a little time to play with, right? Right. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. yeah. All right, boss. Well, appreciate it. Thanks again, guys. This has been the Ordinary People Doing Extraordinary Things podcast. Um, we are on Podbean. We're on um, YouTube. Shoot us a subscribe on, on YouTube. Um, you can find us on Facebook. Uh, we're out talking to people that are just doing cool stuff. So uh, it's been fun. If you know somebody that you think I ought to speak with, shoot me a DM, smoke signal, whatever. Get a hold of me. Let me know. Uh, we'll get in front of them. So thanks, guys. Take it easy.